the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's a fact. If the riches of the wealthy were suddenly given to the average American, the rich would have most of their wealth back in no time at all. Not because they're more deserved, but because they do a great job of getting us to spend it back to them. And once in their hands, they work it to their self-interest. The host of Get Rich Slow, Jim McAleese, believes the financial decisions you make today will guide your financial destiny tomorrow. Jim teaches you to plan for the worst and then hope for the best. America is under no obligation to provide what you need. Entitlements are out. Opportunity is today's watchword. Money matters can be intimidating, but they don't have to be. So start or supercharge your wealth-building plan now with Jim McAleese. Good morning and welcome to Get Rich Flow. This is your money school for financial winners. Here we explore strategies to help you prosper. We look at the big picture and then develop plans, the plans to help guide our families to meet their financial goals. Get Rich Flow gives you solid financial strategies, strategies that will help improve your financial life. If you want the truth, not the hype, Please join us for the next hour for Get Rich Flow. I'm Jim McAleese, Certified Financial Planner and President of Cornerstone Consultants Incorporated, where securities and investment advisory services are offered to Next Financial Group Incorporated, which is a member of FINRA and CIPIC. Cornerstone Consultants is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. Well, good morning to Spring in Northeast Ohio. <laughs> tomorrow, tomorrow is the official start of spring, and it looks like it'll be a good start. But first, we have to get through this cloudiness and this rain today. On Sunday, tomorrow, the, the sun will be shining and the temperatures rising. And for the basically for the last uh, few weeks, all the birds have been back in the yard and they've got their feeders and the. The yards have been starting to look green again. It doesn't get any better than this. I saw my first crocus start to flower this uh, basically yesterday, and the temperatures are getting into the 60s. And uh, this coming week, and uh, uh, now it's really looking. I'm really looking for the daffodils to start blooming. And uh, I see. I look around, you know, outside my conference room window, and everything is green shoots everywhere. It's still chilly, but the start of spring, hey, it's generally chilly. Old man winter doesn't give up easily. I was out in the backyard this uh, week looking for some winter damage and, and uh, see if what I lost in, due to the deer and other animals out there. I've only lost one tree so far. Uh, but, hey, that's, that's a good year. And... Uh, but I still have a lot of items for my to-do list. So I'll be waiting for the ground to dry up and for the 
temperatures to rise a little bit. Then I'll be working out in the backyard. And when we start working, I'll work on the easy ones first. But uh, I'll keep working until I have my first to-do list finished. There'll be more to-do lists. And remember the old uh, farming saying that you never plow a field by turning it over in your mind. So get get going, get started early, and get going. In between chores, we can uh, check on our financial plan and investment. This week, global equities were positive, really positive. In the U.S., the three major stock indices did a about face and started climbing up out of the deep hole that they've been digging since the start of the year. Uh, in the U.K., the FTSE 100 uh, gained for the week, while in the Europe, in the Eurozone, uh, Germany's DAX and their stock uh, at Europe 600 also were up for the week. In Asia, Japan's Nikkei uh, 225 was up, uh, but uh, China's Shanghai Composite was down because they're having the COVID uh, uh, problems over there, and uh, they're locking up whole provinces like Shenzhen and uh, Shenzhen and, and uh, Shanghai. So uh, the uh, I hope it doesn't get any worse over there, but uh, uh, they're having their COVID problems now. Uh, on Friday, the three major U.S. stock indices closed at the Dow Jones at 34,000. 754.93. That means it was up 5.5% for the week. The standard and poor 500 closed at 4,463.12. That was up 6.16% for the week. And the NASDAQ closed at 13,893.84. And that was up 8.18%. For the week, that's all good news. But even though the uh, the stocks are rising uh, this week, they're still down from the start of the year. So, in fact, the Dow Jones is uh, down uh, 4.36% since January 1st. The uh, Standard and Poor 500 is down 6.36%, and the Nasdaq is down 11.19%. At least they're moving in the right direction, and hopefully they'll, they'll get us back to where we started at the start of the year. Good news is always welcome here. You know, you don't want to look at a gift horse in the mouth, but uh, what happened? Um, did investors uh, uh, sense some positive news from the uh, Russia-Ukrainian uh, war? Uh, were investors pleased to see the Federal Reserve plan to your inflation without pushing the economy into a recession? That's another question. Did China promise to uh, bolster its financial market and, and uh, did that turn the trick? Uh, did investors uh, review their positions in anticipation, anticipation of the quarterly event known as the triple witching hour? Uh, according to Goldman uh, Sachs Group, Roughly $3.5 trillion of single stock and index level options were set to expire on Friday. At the same time, uh, more uh, options, basically near the money options, 
we're maturing that at any time since 2019, suggesting that a whole group of investors will actively uh, trade around their positions. And once again, this triple witching uh, time coincides with the rebalancing of the benchmark indices, including the standard and four or 500. That rebalancing is a, a combination that tends to spark single-day volumes that rank among the highest in the year, according to an estimate from a senior analyst at uh, Standard & Poor Dow Jones Indices. The rebalance in the index alone could spur $33 billion of stock trade. So it's, too, it's really too early uh, to tell what caused the about face. But, hey, it's welcome news, and I hope it continues. Uh, one of the most important economic events this week was the, the Federal Reserve's Federal Open Market Committee meeting. That was held on Tuesday and Wednesday. And following the end of the meeting on Wednesday, Jerome Powell, the chairman of the Federal Reserve, presented an outline of their strategy. He started with their goals and their observations. And according to uh, uh, Chairman Powell, quote, at the Federal Reserve, we are strongly committed to achieving the monetary policy goals that Congress has set for us, maximum employment and price stability. Those are the two goals. Today, in support of these goals, the Federal Open Market Meeting uh, Committee raised their, its policy interest, that's the federal uh, funds rate, by one quarter of a percentage point. The economy is very strong and against the backdrop of an extremely tight labor market and high inflation, the committee anticipates that uh, ongoing increases in the target uh, range for the federal funds rate will be appropriate. In addition, we expect to begin reducing the size of our balance sheet at the coming meetings. So, that's the end of the quote. And uh, basically, the Federal, uh, Federal Open Market Committee meeting meets about every six weeks. So what you're going to see is constant increases, uh, not necessarily limited to one quarter of one percent. Uh, it could be a half a percent. It could be three quarters of a percent, depending upon what the Federal uh, Reserve sees at uh, that particular uh, meeting. Now, Chairman Powell referred to what they expected to accomplish with their increases in the federal funds rate, as well as uh, selling of bonds that they've accumulated since the housing crisis or the banking crisis, whatever you want to call it, or the Great Recession of 2008. Uh, there all, all those three things happened in 2008, and depending upon where you got whacked, it depends upon what the crisis was. You know, uh, if you take a look at their goals, the Federal Reserve Open, Par Open Market Committee, uh, their goals are to uh, get the uh, uh, inflation down, and they measure inflation by the Personal Consumption Expenditure Index. Uh, they call it the Personal Consumption Index. Uh, uh, expenditure, um, oh, what do they call it? Well, it, it's a measure. It's similar to our CPI, our Consumer Price Index. For instance, like in uh, in January, 
the producer uh, consumption expenditure index for January uh, measured 6.1% over the last 12 months ending in January. The CPI came out, I think it was last week, the Consumer Price Index for February came out, and it measured the uh, increase of 7.9% in inflation. So <clears throat> either one of those is big numbers. Whether you're talking 7.9% in terms of the Consumer Price Index over the last 12 months, or an increase of 6.1% if you're measuring the, the, the personal consumption expenditure. Uh, what they're talking about is uh, what they expect to see with these rate increases. They expect to see the personal consumption expenditure uh, come down to 4.3% uh, by December of this year. And uh, then by December of 2023, they expect it to come down to 2.7%. And by uh, December of 2024, they expect it to be down to 2.3%. And then uh, longer term, they take in uh, 2.0. And where those numbers come from, uh, there's basically 16 members of that particular committee, the uh, Federal Open Market Committee. They, they are the 12... Uh, presidents of the Federal Reserve Banks around the country, plus the four governors of the Federal Reserve. So they all 16 sit down and they all um, make a guess, you know, their best educated guess as to where the uh, the personal consumption expenditure deflator uh, uh, will be in, let's say, in December of each one of those years. So what they're saying is that hey, they can move. They think they're going to be able to move it down from the 6.1 percent uh, uh, personal consumption expenditure index for the 12 months. They're going to move it down from 6.1 to 4.3, and then in the year after, December of the year after, it's going to be down to 2.7, and December of the year after, it's going to be down to 2.4. Uh, that's the plan. Now, when these people put together uh, these estimates, it's what they call, the, I call it the shotgun pattern. They call it the dot uh, pattern. And uh, there's a lot of variability into those 16 estimates. And what they do to come up with this, this uh, goal is to uh, find the middle of that pattern. And, uh, and they call it the median, the median number. So uh, they're saying that, uh, uh, for instance, you might have a uh, uh, a pattern, for instance, like the uh, what they intend to bring this uh, personal consumption expenditure down in uh, uh, in, in December. Uh, they probably have numbers as high as six percent, numbers as low as as uh, 3%. So uh, they picked the median number as their goal. And along with that, they put up other numbers, uh, the median expected growth of the GDP in uh, December 4, uh, 2022. It's expected to be 28 uh, this year. And for 2023, 2.2%. And for 2024, 2.0%. And then the long-term trend would be 1.8%. Uh, 
In terms of the unemployment rate, it's basically they're, they're estimating their goal is 3.5% for this year. Same thing for uh, 2023. And uh, then 2024, it'll go up to 3.6. And then the long-term uh, unemployment rate would rest at 4.0. Okay, we'll see. Basically, we'll see what happens as, uh, as, as time goes on. Uh, the surprising part was that the, um, the growth of the GDP, uh, the, the <clears throat> past experience in 2021 basically showed that the, uh, GDP growth in 2021 came out at, uh, I think it was 5.7%. So this, uh, growth in the GDP for for this year, 2022, coming in at only 2.8% is a little surprising. I think they attributed that to uh, they're going to tighten, uh, begin to tighten the economy uh, with these uh, rate increases, and they're also going to uh, tighten the economy with the uh, the stock or the bond selling operation. Uh, in addition to that, they've got this uh, total unknowns with regard to what's going to happen in, in Ukraine uh, and uh, what's going to happen with regard to China and the COVID uh, situation. So uh, there's a lot of unknowns. There. So they just they penciled in that we're going from basically 57 in 2021 to 2.8 in 2022. Uh, and they're going to try to keep the unemployment rate constant. Uh, their principal tool for doing this, for reducing inflation from its present value, is going to be two things. The principal one is going to be raising the federal funds rate. In other words, that's the overnight rate. And when that thing goes up, uh, theoretically, all the other higher maturity uh, uh, rates will go up too. Uh, that's not necessarily, it doesn't go up in one straight line. Uh, there always is a difference, uh, you know, the 10-year moving relative to the two-year uh, treasury rates and the relative to the 20- and 30-year rates. But the idea here is that once you begin to raise the uh, federal funds rate, or the overnight rate, the whole curve moves up. And uh, so the principal tool to cure inflation is going to be to start to move that rate up. Uh, the secondary tool will be the selling of the uh, uh, the treasury bonds and the mortgage-backed security bonds uh, that they've accumulated on the uh, federal balance sheet. And that, that accumulation of portfolio of bonds right now stands at approximately... $8.9 trillion. So <clears throat> the, that's what the Federal Reserve has accumulated uh, uh, since um, the, the giant recession in 2008. Prior to that, prior to all this bond buying operation, uh, the Federal Reserve had about a half a billion dollars or a half a trillion dollars, $500 billion on their balance sheet. But now it's up to 8.9, and they're talking about uh, uh, selling it off. 
and uh, uh, they alluded to selling it off, but they didn't tell us when it would start or uh, uh, how much it would be, how much selling there would be each month. So the important thing is right now we've got inflation according to the Consumer Price Index, inflation over the last 12 months in uh, ending in February at 7.9%. And if we use their the Federal Reserve's uh, chosen method of measuring inflation uh, by their uh, uh, personal consumption expenditure index is 6.1%. So in any case, they intend to drive it down with the rate increases as well as the uh, uh, the selling of the bonds. Uh, the rate of increase in the federal funds rate uh, is a big surprise. You know, the federal Federal Reserve now anticipates six more uh, rate hikes of one quarter percent in 2020, and that's roughly one per meeting uh, until the rest until the end of the year. And uh, then the uh, Federal Open Market Committee expects. Four more uh, index, four more interest rates, hikes of one quarter percent in 2022, and then none in 2000. Uh, in, I'm sorry, in uh, 2023, and then none in 2024. So that's much more aggressive uh, than the path of increases that uh, they saw in uh, December when they held their December meeting, and. Uh, uh, that's a really a significant signal that uh, the uh, Federal Reserve's commitment to getting this inflation under control. Uh, Chairman Powell alluded to selling bonds from the $8.9 trillion Federal Reserve portfolio of bonds, but he said uh, there are no specifications that he's willing to present at this particular meeting. So to quote him, uh, quote, uh, reducing the size of our balance sheet will also play an important role in uh, firming the stance of monetary policy. At our meeting that wrapped up today, the committee made good progress on a plan for reducing our securities holdings, and we expect to announce the beginning of balance sheet re- reduction in the coming meeting, at a coming meeting. In making decisions about interest rates and the balance sheet, will be mindful of the broader context in markets and in the economy, and then we'll use our, our tools to support uh, financial and macroeconomic stability, unquote. So uh, <clears throat> I would expect there might be more information in the minutes of this meeting that uh, uh, that'll, the minutes of the meeting will be uh, published in approximately three weeks. And, uh, if you remember, uh, the uh, minutes of the uh, December meeting were published in the first week in uh, January, and that's basically when the, the uh, stock market began to decrease. And uh, at that, in those particular meeting minutes, uh, they mentioned that idea of uh, selling the uh, bonds from the balance sheet. Uh, they did admit, they did not mention it in their in their uh, uh, press release at the at the end of the December meeting, but they did mention it in the uh, uh, 
minutes of the, Dece- of the December meeting, and that gave the first indication that the Federal Reserve uh, was going to start to drop down on this inflation. And uh, with regard to how many bonds they're going to sell and when they're going to start, uh, the rumors from the, the bond people think that the bond sales will be approximately 100, 100 billion to 150 billion per month starting in July. Uh, the bond selling operation, as sometimes referred to as uh, quantitative tightening, uh, as selling the bonds draws money out of the economy. So that's the opposite of this bond buying operation that the uh, Federal Reserve had conducted ever since uh, COVID started in uh, uh, 2020. I think it started in March of 2020. And at that time, they have been buying $120 billion uh, per month. And uh, I think in uh, December, they started to ramp it down. But all their bond-buying operations are over now. Uh, they finished this month. And uh, so up until uh, this month, they've been pouring approximately on $120 billion into the economy. And now they're going to start to sell the bonds and suck that money out of the economy. So um, the Federal Open Market Committee meeting is, is not without disagreements. Uh, you know, it's a meeting of the hawks and the doves, and uh, that's that's evident in the dot plots where the 16 participants uh, show their uh, indications of uh, what they think is going to happen. In the case of inflation, you see numbers that range anywhere from, uh, uh, you know, from uh, forecast for next year, for forecast for the end of this year, they range anywhere from 3.7 to 5.5. It just gives you an idea that they got high numbers and low numbers, and what they do is pick out the median number. Uh, It's in the middle of the shot pattern. So they're aiming at 4.3% for their personal uh, consumptive expenditure by December of this year, and... uh, uh, some of the people think that it could be as low as 3.7. Other people think it could be as high as 5.5. So uh, they'll use that 4.3 to guide them in terms of the uh, rate hikes and things of this nature. So one of the hawks uh, is the Federal Reserve Bank of, New- Bank of St. Louis president, uh, Jim Bullard. And he said... He, de- he descended at this uh, week's meeting because he wanted the uh, U.S. Central Bank to in- implement a balance sheet reduction plan at this meeting, in addition to a half a percent half a percent hike in the uh, federal funds rate, adding that he favors raising rates more sharply this year than any of his colleagues. He said, quote, I recommended that the committee try to achieve a level of the policy rate above 3% this year. Well, if we look back and and see what the Federal Reserve is proposing, they're talking about somewhere around 2% at the end of this year. Right now, it's uh, 
before Wednesday's meeting, it was zero to one quarter of a percent. After uh, Wednesday's meeting, it's now the federal funds rate has now moved up to uh, uh, one quarter of a percent to one half a percent. And uh, uh, Bullard is talking about he wanted to raise to three percent by the end of this year. Uh, cool, I'll continue his quotes. This would quickly adjust the policy rate to a more appropriate level for the current circumstances. Uh, in my view, raising the target rate uh, to a half a percent to three quarters of a percent and implementing a plan for reducing the size of the federal balance sheet would be a more appropriate action uh, for this week's meeting. Another hawk, Governor uh, Christopher Waller, said that the war in Ukraine was the reason he didn't push for a half a percent increase at the meeting, but that was definitely on, will be definitely on the table at upcoming meetings. And he said, quote, the data is basically screaming at us to go 50 basis points, but the geopolitical events were telling uh, us to go forward with caution. So these two factors combined push me to support the quarter of a percent increase. Going forward, there will be an issue with uh, whether to think about going a half a percent in the next couple of meetings or not. But the data certainly seems to suggest that we move in that direction. So uh, the impact, the, the importance of the Federal Open Market Committee meeting, this last meeting, was that the Federal Reserve has made it abundantly clear that as long as inflation remains red hot, you know, with these... Uh, consumer price index numbers of 7.9% uh, and these uh, personal consumption expenditures are numbers of 6.1% over the last 12 months that the Federal Reserve is going to keep up this uh, rate increases and they'll do it rate increase after rate increases. And in, in basically, I've been saying that stocks haven't been falling because the the Fed is going to hike rates. They've been falling because of the uncertainty surrounding the forward path of the monetary policy. So the markets can deal with rate hikes. Uh, hey, we've 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 seen we've seen the uh, federal we've seen the federal funds rate up to fourteen percent at one time. So uh, more like five or six percent would be the normal, but. Uh, what the market can't deal with is the uncertainty, and uh, the Federal uh, Reserve really hasn't given them uh, a lot of certainty with regard to what they're going to do, and uh, the investors had no concrete idea of uh, what's happening. So against that backdrop of uh, slowing economic growth, uh, war in Europe, COVID-19 lockups in China, and this big... Uh, decades high inflation that may get worse against all these uh, uncertainties, the stocks have struggled. Uh, yesterday's gain also basically shows uh, 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 such optimism based upon Powell's assessment that the economy is, is basically strong enough to, uh, to handle this situation. And, uh, you know, the... Uh, what we're seeing is that the economy is strong. I mean, in the last uh, jobs report, they uh, indicated that uh, 
the payrolls that increased 678,000. Pay increases are averaging 5.1 to uh, 5.7% over the last 12 months. Uh, the, uh, the real gross domestic product increase in the fourth quarter was 7%, and, the, and for the entire year of 2021, it was 5.7%. So the economy is strong, and, uh, uh, you know, it can handle these particular the type of rate increases that we're talking about now. So this is Jim McAleese. Uh, you're listening to Get Rich Slow. You can give us a call. You don't have to talk about the, the big picture. You, we can talk about your financial plan and what your plans are. Uh, we go from the macro to the micro. And uh, uh, what we're looking at is uh, give us a call. We have a toll-free number. It's 1-888-281-1110. I'll repeat that. It's one eight 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 two eight one eleven ten. So uh, give us a call and uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Hi, this is Colleen, producer of Get Rich Slow. Each week we take calls from people just like you that have questions for our host, Jim McAleese. Oftentimes, Jim can't answer the questions in depth because of time restraints or the need for more detailed information. That's why we encourage you to call Cornerstone Consultants, Inc., the financial counseling service founded by Jim and Tama McAleese. Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. has helped thousands of clients get more for their money. Whether your financial goal is to avoid common investing mistakes, buying your next home, planning for retirement, finding that right mutual fund, or covering your assets with the right kind of insurance, Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. will guide you to wise financial choices. So call Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. for an appointment today at 440-647-2793. That number again, 440-647-2793. Now back to more Get Rich Slow. You're on. Welcome back to Get Rich Flow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. Uh, you can give us a call over our toll-free number is 1-888-281-1110. You know, the, the, uh, uh, I invite, call, oh, I'll ask the producer here, Andy, do we have any calls? Yes, we, away? yes, we did, Jim. We had one call from Jeremy. He actually had an interesting question. He asked, are the rules for a Roth IRA and a Roth 401k alike, or is the name the only thing they have in common? Uh, good question. It is confusing because they are, they're almost the same name. You know, there's a slight difference in, hey, it's once an IRA, it's a 401k, but they are different. And... Uh, uh, all that Roth means that the, is that the contributions into the plan have to be made with uh, after-tax dollars, you know, dollars that have already been subject to uh, you know, taxation. So uh, let's talk about the 401k first. Uh, the nice part about the 401k is it doesn't have an income limit. 
if you're in an organization, you can uh, 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 contribute to a uh, 401k. There's a limit on how much you can contribute, but uh, you could be making a million dollars as opposed to uh, the uh, IRA, Roth IRA, where it has an income limit. So people with high income can contribute to the Roth 401k. And, of course, they have a contribution limits. I'm not quite sure what their numbers are, but they're uh, somewhere around 20500 And if you're over 50, you can uh, kick that up. They call it the catch-up of uh, 6500 another 6500 6, to give you uh, uh, basically 20, a limit, upper limit of 27000 a year. And uh, uh, in the case of, let's turn our attention now to the uh, Roth IRA. So in a Roth IRA, you can't contribute uh, if you make too much money. Uh, your contribution will be limited based upon your uh, your uh, filing status, your income. And uh, the Roth also has a the Roth IRA also has a lower contribution limit. There, you're limited to basically six thousand dollars per year, or seven thousand dollars per year uh, if you're uh, 50 or older. So. Uh, Another thing you can do with regard to the thing uh, I got back to the 401k, Roth 401k, you can borrow money from it. Uh, you can borrow up to 50% of your account balance or uh, $50,000, whichever is smaller. However, if you fail to pay back the loan, according to the terms of the agreement, if you take your money out, uh, uh, you know, if you take out a loan and then suddenly leave the corporation, then uh, that's considered to be a taxable distribution. So the IRAs, the Roth IRAs, they don't allow loans, but uh, you do have access to your money. Um, the, uh, For instance, uh, uh, the money that you put into your uh, IRA, you know, Roth case, Roth IRA, uh, you paid your taxes already on that money. So you can take that money that you put in out uh, without paying taxes on it, and uh, uh, it's the uh, it's the earnings uh, where it gets sticky in terms of the rules regarding the earnings of those uh, the amount that you put in. So uh, in the case of the uh, Roth 401k, uh, if you take it out the uh, 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 access to your funds before age 59 and a half is limited. Uh, you can't take cash out of your uh, Roth 401k uh, before age 59 and a half without incurring that 10% penalty. Uh, with a Roth IRA, you have greater flexibility uh, with the pre-retirement withdrawals. And so I mentioned before, you can uh, take the amount uh, equivalent to the original contribution uh, without any uh, without penalties and uh, taxes, and uh, and uh, that does not afford the earnings. That's where the sticky point comes out. And 
under certain circumstances, you can get your money out of a Roth IRA and it can do when you're buying a house for the first time or uh, incurring childbirth costs and you can uh, withdraw the earnings from your uh, Roth IRA. Uh, if you've held the account for under five years and, and then uh, uh, with the uh, uh, Roth IRA, the big thing with regard to Roth 401k, uh, you must begin taking your required minimum distributions when you get to the age of 72. Uh, that doesn't apply in the case of the uh, uh, Roth IRA. And one big advantage of the IRA is that it doesn't require you to take required minimum distributions. So uh, there's similarities and there's differences. And uh, if you have either one of those things, just make sure you abide by the rules and don't get surprised. One of the things that surprises most people is that they can get their money out of the uh, Roth, the original contribution, out of the Roth IRAs. So uh, glad you asked the question, Jeremy. And if you've got any other questions, just give us a call. This is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. You can give us a call over our toll-free number. It's 1-888-281-1110. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. Uh, let's go to our callers. Hello, Ron. This is Jim McAleese. How can I help you? Well, Jim, I'm Hello, looking Ron. at the, the debt. Hello, Jim. This is Ron. I'm uh, looking at the debt. Uh, it seems unsustainable. I'm looking at possibly more inflation. And I just wondered, what would be your hedge, given the extreme dollar weakness? Would you buy gold coins? Uh Gold IRA, what would be your your default or extreme risk? Well, uh, I'm not as – well, let me just – I'll get to your question in just a second. But let me just uh, indicate that I'm not that afraid of uh, the default of the dollar. I know there's a lot of pressure on the dollar from China. They want to use their yuan and stuff like that. But right now, the dollar is strong. Uh, if you take a look at uh, uh, where the money is going, uh, what you see is that everybody and their brother, when there's any uh, concerns about safety, ends up in uh, uh, buying U.S. treasuries with U.S. dollars. So uh, to me, if inflation was really a concern, uh, I, would, I would indicate buying uh, gold, indicate buying hard goods. You buy gold or you buy land. I prefer land myself. Uh, and uh, uh, until the inflation uh, settles down, uh, the uh, gold, the, the idea of the gold is that uh, to me it doesn't, uh, it, it doesn't gather any uh, income. Uh, at least if I buy land and real estate, things of this nature, I can get income. So I'm, uh, I would advise that in case of real inflation. Uh, 
right now, I think we've got this uh, inflation. I hope, I think and I hope, uh, this inflation is temporary because once you start raising these interest rates and sucking the money out of the system, I think you're going to get to a point where this uh, inflation number does come down. The, the things that I've seen from the uh, economists indicate that they, they think it's it's just out almost at its peak right now, and it's ready to come down. Uh, we'll see. You know, That'd of be great, things. Jim. Okay. That's uh, for sure. You take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for taking my call, Jim. Great show today. Thank you much. Have a good day now. This is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Rich Flow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAlee. You know, when we talked before about uh, what's happening in the economy, the economy is is basically strong. Uh, I, I take a look at the existing home sales. I take a look at uh, industrial production. I take a look at spending. And uh, basically... Uh, what we're seeing is that we basically recovered from the, the COVID and were uh, uh, being basically limited uh, by inflation right now. But as I said before, you know, talking to Ron, uh, uh, we can get this inflation under control. Uh, and Federal Reserve is talking about oh, getting it down to 2%, which I think is admirable, but uh, the long-term inflation has been 3%. So as far as I'm concerned, if you can get this thing down to 3%, why, you know, let's, let's declare victory and let's all go home. Uh, the other thing with regard to the what's, what other things that we have that are impacting us are the, the Russian uh, invasion of the Ukraine. And uh, uh, to me... Uh, I think they're going to reach some sort of a negotiated settlement right now because the cost of cost in terms of uh, uh, manpower, uh, they've got 200,000 troops invading uh, the Ukraine, and uh, uh, I think they're going to probably need another 400,000 troops if they really intend to take over this uh, country. So if you've got 600,000 Russian Troops into Ukraine, uh, and the casualties are going to go up, uh, you know, past what uh, the Russians uh, uh, will accept. So, uh, short of that, you, you got to reach some sort of an agreement in terms of uh, giving Russia some land and a promise to stay out of NATO, I guess, and uh, declare a truce to the whole thing. When that'll happen, I guess is. I don't really know. Uh, let's just uh, go to the phones for a second. Hello, this is Jim McAlee. Oh, he dropped off. <laughs> All right, we're we're back to the, back to what is actually happening. And uh, when I take a look at the big picture, the big picture is that the economy is strong, the earnings are there, uh, 
according to uh, uh, J.P. Morgan and their assessment of the fourth quarter earnings, the uh, uh, for the standard and four or five hundred uh, shows a year over year earnings per share uh, growth of forty eight percent. That's from the fourth quarter of, of twenty one to fourth quarter of twenty, which fourth quarter of twenty might have been screwed up. Uh, but a quarter uh, comparing uh, the third quarter to the uh, fourth quarter to the third quarter, uh, the earnings per share growth I saw was well, they saw was eight point nine percent. So I see the earnings are going up. Uh, the economy is strong. The uh, uh, you know the labor market is tight. Uh, what we have here is an economy that got overstimulated. You know the federal government kicked in six trillion. Uh, dollars in stimulus, and the uh, Federal Reserve kicked in uh, close to three trillion dollars, and uh, they got overstimulated. And now that what they want to do is slow the economy down uh, uh, to get rid of this inflation. Is that doable? I think yes. I think uh, uh, the Federal Reserve is going to stay on top of the problem until they uh, uh, get this uh, growth down a little bit. They mentioned that. Uh, they're willing to tolerate taking this 5.5 percent uh, uh, growth in uh, GDP growth in uh, in 2021 down to 2.8 percent. Uh, it's still not a recession, so to me, it's a matter of uh, you got a good economy, just throttle it back and uh, to a lesser growth rate and get the inflation down. So uh, I take a look at the. Uh, I take a look at the retail and uh, and food service uh, sales, and what you see in February. The numbers came out from the Department of Commerce. They got this advanced monthly sales of uh, for retail and food services uh, for February, and that shows that uh, February sales were up three tenths of a percent uh, in February from January, and, uh, and that's after. Uh, uh, January is a usually strong 4.9% increase. So uh, January's increase in retail sales, uh, uh, that was that was a really surprise that came out of nowhere. And uh, it basically shows that uh, the COVID and getting over the COVID is having a big effect on the American consumer. In other words, uh, people are glad to get out of the house and get get into uh, doing something. And basically, one of the things that caused the inflation at the beginning was that uh, uh, they locked the people up and they gave people all sorts of money, and uh, and most people kept their jobs. Even the people that were unemployed uh, were making uh, approximately $50,000 a year on unemployment benefits. So to me, it's a... It's a case where the uh, the economy got too strong. We didn't require mortgages uh, payments. We didn't require student loan payments. And the, the economy, the consumer has a lot of of uh, cash, over $2.5 trillion worth of excess money in their bank account. So economy is strong. The, they're spending their money. Uh, the uh, the the numbers, when I compare the numbers for uh, 
2020 to 2021, they're up 16% in terms of uh, retail sales year over year. So this is Jim McAleese. Uh, Stay tuned. I'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Rich Slow. This is a, your host this morning, Jim McAlee. I was mentioning about uh, where we're at in terms of spending. And, of course, the inflation is a part of this. But if I look at year-over-year, uh, uh, year, uh, retail sales are up uh, 14%. Uh, uh, motor vehicles are up 13 to 0.2%. The strange part about motor vehicles is the, the dollars uh, in sales are up, but the units are down. So uh, the auto sales are a complicated uh, thing in terms of prices are going up a little, little too fast there. But electronics and appliances is up uh, 3%. Building materials is up 12%. Uh, gasoline. Spending at gasoline stations is up 37%. That's where you're really, people are really feeling it. And, but this doesn't include uh, everything. This, this, you know, uh, health insurance and uh, uh, home costs and all the rest of this stuff aren't included in these numbers. So you're seeing things go up. You're seeing existing home sales. Uh, existing home sales are turning down. Uh, the National Association of, uh, of Realtors, uh, they indicated that uh, existing home sales for February uh, were down 7.2% from January. And uh, uh, what they, their Lawrence Young, who was their chief economist, indicated that housing of affordability continues to be a major challenge as buyers are getting a double whammy of uh, raising mortgage rates, rising mortgage rates, and sustained price increases. So uh, in the case of uh, home sales, uh, the big picture there is that there's very little inventory. Uh, there's very little home for sale, homes for sale. The inventory of uh, sales homes is down to uh, about... Uh, uh, I think about 1.7 months worth of sales are available. So uh, it's still a good, it still indicates a good uh, uh, economy and industrial production and capacity utilization are up too. So uh, this is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Rich Slow. This is your host, Jim McAleese. Let's talk about spring. As spring comes to the earth, the earth is reborn, and we too should shake off the winter and dream of new beginnings. We shouldn't put limits on our dreams. Don't put limits on your goals. We can achieve anything we can imagine because we are special. 
And being special, there are things to remember. You always remember your presence is the presence of the world. Think of it this way. You are unique and one of a kind. That, your life can be what you want it to be and take the days just one at a time. You need to remember to count your blessings and not your troubles and trust that you'll make it through whatever comes along. Remember that within you there are so many answers. You just need to understand. You need to have courage. You need to be strong. You're strong enough to live the life you've imagined, so don't put limits on yourself. So many dreams are waiting to be realized, so don't leave decisions to chance. You need to reach for your goals, your peace, your prize. Always remember that nothing wastes more energy than worrying. And the longer one carries a problem, the heavier it gets. Remember, don't take things too seriously. You need to live a life of serenity, not a life of regrets. Always remember that a little love goes a long way. And remember that God may God protect you and keep you safe this week. You have been listening to Get Rich Slow with host Jim McAleese. For an outline and registration form regarding the Money School series, call 440-647-2793. For a complete list of books written by Tama McAleese, call 440-647-2793. Or to make an appointment with Jim regarding your own personal financial issues, call 440-647-2793. Jim will be back with Get Rich Slow next Saturday morning on 1420 WHK with more common sense finance strategies for financial winners. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group, Inc., a member of FINRA and SIPC. Cornerstones Consultant, Inc. is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group, Inc. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.